grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God, our Heavenly Father. It's a pleasure to be with you once again and to bring you word from God this morning, and that comes from the Old Testament reading as noted. Artificial intelligence, robotics. Science fiction has long put these two together to weave stories about how we humans created beings who would do all the work that we found drudgery, that we found dull, that we found distasteful. Well, with the speed at which technology for self-driving cars has developed far faster than anyone thought was going to happen, now people begin to look at artificial intelligence and wonder, is this going to develop just as fast and what is it going to mean for us human beings? Respected scientist Stephen Hawking issued a warning about this whole thing, saying computers can, in theory, emulate human intelligence and exceed it. Success in creating artificial intelligence could be the biggest event in the history of our civilization, or the worst. We just don't know. So we can't know if we will be infinitely helped by artificial intelligence, or ignored by it and and sidelined, or conceivably destroyed by it. Now there's the irony. There's the irony that something we humans could create to benefit ourselves, in fact, we are sowing the seeds of our own destruction. A world turned upside down. Ironic, yes. Unique, hardly. After all, look at how we have turned things upside down in relationship to our Creator, the one who made us. God's creation was meant to bring Him glory. The psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His craftsmanship. And we say that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's to God's glory. Until you look at our human history... Do you think our, track, our, our actions have a track record of bringing God glory, of showing that we were the crown of his creation? Boy, the reader doesn't have to get past the sixth chapter of Genesis to find the answer to that one. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on earth, and his heart was filled with pain. He said, I will wipe mankind from the face of the earth. Look at how we've turned the relationship between the creator and the creation topsy-turvy, upside down. Now psychologists tell us that we created God. We needed a being who would, who would be above us and more powerful than us in order to keep us in line and keep society moving in a good path. God's going to get you if you do that, are words that more than one person has said to another. And that was exactly as people thought it should be in order to keep our society in a law and order mode. But psychologists say we also needed to develop a God who is a fairy godfather who could grant wishes in order to keep us having hope. Well, they say God may not be like the genie in the bottle who gives you three wishes, but if you work hard enough, if you obey all the laws, you are bound to get a reward. There's no question about it. And according to psychologists, God is nothing more than the man behind the curtain pulling all the levers. And when they pulled back the curtain and showed us all, there is no divine being. It's just another human being and tradition behind it. They thought they were doing us a favor. Look, you are free from the, 
from the constrictions of laws and order. You can be free to develop as you want and be the kind of person you thought you were designed to be. And so the laws of a society begin to crumble. And all that was black and white has now been rendered gray. Last week, maybe you heard Rudy Giuliani say there is no truth because what constitutes truth, what we label good and bad, right and wrong, can change with every election. It can change with every legislative act the Congress makes. It can change with every decision the Supreme Court hands down. Repeatedly in the book of Judges, before some terrible event takes place that does not have the author's approval, he prefaces it or ends it with these words. And at that time in Israel, there was no king. Everyone did what was right in his own sight. Everyone became their own authority. Now, when you think about it, we haven't made much progression, have we? In fact, we're pretty much in the same situation that they were at that time. Each of us has become our own authority, our own God. My truth may be different from your truth, but I can't say your truth is not true, and you can't tell me my truth isn't true either. And this is not just some college theory that we're talking about here. This has practical effects in our everyday life. I don't know about you, but I've been noticing more and more people are running red lights downtown. I don't mean gunning it when the light turns red, orange or yellow and then red, but I mean I've been stopped because the light was red, and I've seen cars shoot past me on either side when the light was clearly red, and sometimes two cars have gone through a red light. Well, there was no higher authority around, there's no policeman around, so that means I'm my own authority, and my own authority tells me to gun it and go through. I got things to do, I can't be held up by some stupid red light, so I'm going to go through it. And that kind of I'm my own authority even has affected what we look at in terms of science. It used to be that everyone knew people with XX chromosomes were women. We used to think that everybody who had an XY chromosome was a man. But now people say, oh no, my truth supersedes that. Disregard what science shows. This is what I feel. And it takes precedence over what science says is the truth. So is this topsy-turvy situation going to change any day? Will humans return to the notion that there is a divine authority who powers this universe, who guides it on its course? Will we Christians once again acknowledge by our deeds, not just by our actions, that we are the clay? God is the potter, and it's not the reverse. When Isaiah's day it had gotten to such a point that God finally threw up his hands and said, that's it, I'm not going to reveal to you what I'm going to do in the future anymore. It does no good. And so your prophets are going to look at my word, <clears throat> and they're going to be like illiterate people who don't know how to read. They're going to look at it and say, I have no idea what this means. I don't understand it. And the reason God was going to do that is because when he did reveal his plans to them, plans that involved their destruction if they didn't repent, they found other ways of getting around it so they wouldn't have to come to God and repent. So God threatens them with destruction when the Assyrians are going to come down and wipe you out. And what do they do? They don't go to God and repent and say, we're sorry, please forgive us. They go off and make a treaty with Egypt. 
Egypt's got all these nice chariots. Man, we align ourselves with them and their gods. Let the Assyrians come on. We can take them on. Others had a different idea, and they said, the way out of this threatened destruction by the Assyria is to run to the temple and to pray mightily to God, and we know from track record he's going to save us. There's no question about it. Only God could see the human heart and could see that this was just another manipulation. They didn't believe in this God. They just knew that the temple was a, like a big lucky charm, a big rabbit's foot. We go there and, and we're safe. We're safe. It's just like what happens when any crisis comes in, in, in our country today. People run to the church right away for a couple days and then they back off. Their lucky charm didn't seem to work after all. God can see the human heart. And he says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That God's not going to let himself be controlled by our silly attempts to reverse the positions so that we're in charge of everything and he's in charge of nothing. And so he says, folks, if you like things topsy-turvy, if you like order stood on its end, watch this. I'm going to do something that's really going to stand things on its head turn things upside down. I'm going to make the last first and the first last. The lower are going to be raised up and the mighty are going to be put down. I'm going to feed the hungry and send the rich away empty. I'm going to bring down rulers from their thrones and I'm going to raise up the humble. And he did that very thing. He did that when he pulled off the biggest reversal of all, one that nobody saw coming. His own son emptied himself of the glorious standing he has in heaven and comes to earth to live as a servant. God's son comes to become obedient to death on a cross for you and me who most of the time have ambitions that lead us to be disobedient to our father's will. He got death, we get life. We deserve punishment, we get reprieve. He deserves nothing of punishment, and yet it's all placed on his shoulders instead. He becomes poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And for that, boy, I am more than happy to say, you are the potter, I'm the clay, because I know that in his hands I am shaped and molded for all good purposes. Yes, I have no problem repenting and saying, you are the potter, I am the clay. How about you? Amen.